This is Chris Gardner of the Houston Round Ball Review speaking with Donna Finney, head coach of Houston Baptist University. And we talked a few days ago and you mentioned that you were going to uh, hopefully sign three players on Friday, which would have been what, the 17th, I think. And that has come and gone. So share with me good news, hopefully. First yeah. of all, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. Let me be polite. How are you, Coach Finney? <laughs> I'm doing well. Okay. Good. Yeah, we um we signed the three girls last week, and um, really excited, you know, to get them here. And I think obviously there's been all three of them are international players, and um there's been a lot of talk this week about you know the the impact of on international players with what's been going on, and um so it's been you know a little bit of an uncertain time for them, but you know we've had clarification through international office and um, immigration services that student visas shouldn't be impacted by what's going on. So we hope that, you know, we can get their visas processed and get them here in the fall as, as expected. So um, really excited to have them join us. Okay. First, uh, give you got three of them. First, uh, pronounce their names for me and then give me a little background on each of them. Um, so the first one is Annabelle Dearborn, and Annabelle is from Melbourne, Australia. Um, we actually, when we took the team on a tour to Australia about four summers ago, we played against her club team, her senior club team. She was still young at that time, obviously. And um, so I, you know, have kept a relationship with that club the last few years. And um, Annabelle was their best junior player coming through the last couple of years and so we're very lucky that she decided to choose HBU I think you know that that relationship definitely helped in us uh you know getting her to choose us and um she's a 5'10 guard um really can play any of the guard spots but I think her biggest thing that we're really excited about is her court vision and her ability to to make passes under pressure um is something that you know we identified that we needed to bring someone in that that was able to do that that was able to get her post the ball um, and, you know, her passing angles and her ability to see passes are, are definitely more mature than most kids her age, and I think because she's been playing up a level over there um, and playing with senior players and, you know, people who are a little bit more experienced, she's she's had to do that, and so um, I think she'll have an impact immediately for us. She's also a really great scorer, um, you know, led her league in scoring over there, um, and played on the state team and has played up the level state as well. So she's she's very experienced, and I think she'll make an immediate impact for us. So we're excited to get her here in the fall. Um, and then the second one is Linda Bruckner, and Linda is from Germany, and um, she's a six-foot forward. And um, I think the biggest thing with Linda was her versatility, but also how athletic she is and mobile um, up and down the floor. I mean, she she rebounds the ball well, but her versatility offensively, you know, she can she can post people up, but she can also step outside and shoot the three consistently well. Um, she can put it on the floor from the high post. Um, she's long and, and she moves really well. So um, I think her transition is going to be a little bit easier um, because of that. And just in talking with some former teammates that I played with over here and also some that are now coaching in Germany, um, you know, they feel like she's someone that's going to be able to come in and, and play immediately because um, of her athleticism. So, you know, I think she'll she'll definitely push to, to get some minutes in her 
her big rotation, in, you know, early on. Um, and then the last one is Enya McGuire, and Enya is from Belfast, Ireland. And uh, she is the sister of a current Husky that we have. So um, we've never had sisters on the team before, so we're going to see how that goes. Um, but Enya is a point guard and has been playing prep basketball over here the last year at the Hun School in New Jersey. And um, when we were looking for someone to fill that point guard spot, we really wanted someone who was a vocal leader. That was our, our prime target. And Enya is definitely that. You know, she has the ability to lead people on the floor. Um, I think one of the things that impressed us the most was that she's so unselfish. But when she does um, look to score herself, she takes really, really high percentage shots. Um, she'll pass the ball and find open players in transition. Um, but when she penetrates, she does a really good job with her decision-making as well. So um, we're excited about her because, you know, we, we kind of identified that as a need for us going forward. And, and I think she fills that. And she's so competitive and so coachable. And... Uh, I just, you know, it, it was so taken by her personality and how she fit in with the team on her visit. So we're excited to add her to the group as well. Did her sister tell you about her? How did you first hear, hear about Inya? So, so I, I mean, keep an eye, obviously, on what's going on back home and follow most of the European teams. Um, and I had seen Inya play couple of summers ago with the national team under 18 team she was playing in at the time and kind of just followed through um, and was keeping an eye on things you know but um, Anna has been just a godsend for us really I mean like she transferred here sat out this year but I mean just an incredible competitor and her demeanor and personality has just you know been fantastic for our team and um there, I think there's very few kids that can sit out for a year and only practice and not play and still bring it every day in practice. And Anna's one of those kids. And, you know, I knew that her parents both coached and played at the highest level over there, um, are still involved in the game. They're very, very coachable kids. And so um, we decided, like, okay, we're going to take a look at Anya now and see, you know, how she's kind of playing over here. And, I mean, she dominated that prep league up there and, you know, was there you know, their best player by far. Um, and just seeing how much she'd grown as a vocal leader was, you know, our decision to go for it. And we talked to Anna first because we wanted to make sure she was okay with it, obviously. Um, and she was thrilled when we even suggested it. So, um, like I say, we've never had sisters on the team before. And I know that I, I definitely could not have played with my sister, <laughs> but um, they've assured me that, that it's going to be okay. So, um, no, I think they... You know they do get on really well, and, and they're they're competitive, which will be good for practice, and they're going to have to deal with that because they play similar positions. Um, so, yeah, I I, I think she's going to be a great addition. I really do, just because of how coachable she is and how she's going to be able to transfer what I want onto the floor and and be a leader, and that's really important for us. Okay, you mentioned you saw Annabelle four years ago when she played on. One of the younger teams. How did you first hear about Linda? So Linda, actually, um, a friend of mine, another school, a bigger school, had she had reached out to them and they didn't have a scholarship available. And she said, "Hey, you know, I got this from a kid in Germany. Do you want to take a look?" And um, so 
you know, I took a look and then I called an old teammate of mine um, who I played with at Lamar. She coaches in the German league now and I asked her if she knew her and she actually had coached against her many times because her team played against Linda's team. And so I decided to take another look and, and then, um, you know, she sent a bunch of film um, and then I got some film from other coaches, talked to some other coaches in the league that I knew um, and then we started talking to Linda consistently and we just felt like, you know, she would be a great fit. She came on her visit with her dad um, the same time that Annabelle came on her visit and um, just really, you know, was a great fit. Um, and we felt like, as, as I said, like her athleticism and ability is going to be really, you know, key for her transition to playing over here. So um, I think she's going to be one. She's, she's very, very competitive too. And I think uh, she'll be one that competes for minutes early on. When did Linda and Annabelle make the visits? Gosh, February must have been. Yeah, it was February. They actually, they went to um, they went to the rodeo. I think it was like one of the opening days of the rodeo that we actually went. Wow. Um, yeah, so it was right before all this happened, and um, they did their visits then. So, yeah, it was. Uh, we were lucky that we managed to get everything done. I think before. Everything shut down, so yeah. Did Inya did she make have a chance to make a visit or she just relied on yeah. what her sister told her? <laughs> no, no, she did a visit too. Okay. Um, and she um so she came down from New Jersey mm-hmm. um and did her visit and and then actually flew home to Belfast for spring break and is still there because she couldn't obviously get back over to, to New Jersey, so um, she's doing her remote classes to finish off at the Hun, um, and staying in Belfast and Anna's back there now. So they're working out together, um, at home right now. Fascinating. Yeah. It's, it's definitely been challenging because we now have, uh, players from six countries on our roster for next year. We have seven, seven internationals total. And, um, the only, they're all at home except for, uh, Patience Adoko, who's uh, actually staying in Austin with a teammate at the moment. She couldn't get back to Nigeria. So um, it has been challenging in terms of time difference, trying to get hold of some of them, you know, when I need to get information and, you know, trying to get paperwork processed, etc. The delays can be challenging sometimes, especially with the Australians. But, um, you know, I think it's been good and the girls I know have they've set up their own call where with the players where they're kind of getting together and making sure they do that on a weekly basis um, we do that as a team with the staff as well um, and the players and you know I think for the new players you know we've been trying to connect them um, to get through all of the administration process they need to with HBU um, and I know that they've been talking with some of their, their teammates also so it's a uh, we're thankful that we have technology, that's for sure, <laughs> because FaceTime and all those things make it a lot easier, especially when we have kids all over the world. In your opinion, is Germany, well, let's just start here. Where would you say Germany ranks in terms of developing or talented women's basketball players? Um, I think they've got a great program. I mean, if you look at even on Friday with WNBA draft and look at, you know, there was two German kids that went pretty high in the in the draft, and um, I think you know they do with their youth national team to do a great job. Um, 
of developing uh, fundamentals, no doubt. Um, and if you look at, you know, Sabali being an example of those kids, I mean, obviously she developed incredibly well at Oregon also, but um, she came in there with great fundamentals and, and athleticism and, and, and basketball IQ that was developed from a young age. And so um, I think they do a tremendous job with their national teams. And we've had now, this will be our third German player since I've been here. Um, and, you know, great work ethic um, and basketball IQ. Um, and just really love the game. You know, they have a real passion for the game, and um, I think that that's going to help Linda when she comes over here with her transition. Also, so in terms of who would you a broad question, country wise, which countries produce best talent? Women's basketball, obviously. Oh well, <laughs> I mean, obviously the U.S. Mm-hmm. has the you know the best, but I think you know. Um, Australia does a great job through um, their academy program, their institute of sport. Um, I think the system that they have down there really helps elite level players because they give them, you know, the strength, condition, and nutritional support, etc., that they need to develop their game. Um, Spain obviously has a lot of talent. I think what's interesting with the Spanish kids is, and I had this conversation with another coach uh, just this week. Um, their transition is a lot tougher to the U.S. game. Um, and I think it's because they have such a great uh, program in place in Spain that a lot of them decide they don't want to come to the U.S. and play in the first place. Um, but they have, you know, a great pro league over there. Their academy program is strong uh, for their national team players. And they have so many clubs that you can play in in Spain. I mean, when I used to take my national team every summer, to Barcelona, we would we would take the team to Barcelona and prepare prior to going to the European Championships because we can play six to eight games in the Barcelona area um, as preparation games and get really good level games against senior teams, um, so that my kids could play against you know high IQ basketball players going into the Europeans and um, they just have such an infrastructure there for women's basketball. It's incredible. Um, you know, and I think I think they're probably one of, if not the, the strongest in Europe in that respect, um, in terms of developing female basketball players. Um, but there's a lot of other countries that I think have been doing a great job over the last five to ten years. I mean, I think, um, you know, Sweden went through a phase where they did a, an incredible job with their national teams on the women's side of developing players. And, um, you know, I think their Denmark consistently has players come and play Division One basketball and do well um you know and so i think there's a a lot of those smaller nordic countries are doing a great job um on the female side and and i mean if you look at the numbers of international kids that are now playing with the nca it's only you know it's only rising each year and on the women's side i think it's even higher than the men's you know and probably because there are less opportunities for the women to play pro um, when they come out of junior level in Europe particularly. So um, the U.S. Is a, is a great option for them. But, uh, you know, I think there's a lot of countries doing a really good job at developing fundamentals and a lot of great coaches as well, you know, that do a tremendous job over there um, of developing young talent. And um, I know that because a lot of them are always asking me how they could get over here. So. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I think, I think, you know, Australia and Spain probably be, the two that kind of stand out for me in terms of their development of talent on the women's side. 
what were your thoughts on the WNBA draft? I thought it was, you know, I thought it was great that they made it happen. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, I think um, for the women's game, it was important that it went ahead. And um, I wasn't really surprised by many of the picks. I mean, I think everybody knew who was going to go number one for the very obvious choice. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think it was great to see some of um, some smaller schools represented in the draft. I think that was a good thing to see. Um, I, I think, uh, you know, it'll be interesting because it's probably you know, it's the only time that there's just this uncertainty when and if the league will happen. And so, you know, for those players, I think it's a shame that they have to sit and wait and, and see because, you know, being drafted is, you know, probably the highlight of their career and now they just don't know what's going to happen. So, um, but I think it was great that it did happen and I think it probably got more exposure than it normally does because of the situation we're in. Um, and I would probably guess that more people watched what happened on Friday night than normally would, which is can only be good for the women's game. And shift gears again, and thank you for um, being the first person to tell me about the news, but I can add something to it now. Uh, Notre Dame's Muff McGraw has announced, I guess that she's retiring and stepping down as head coach from Notre Dame, and they already had a plan in place because Notre Dame has named Neil Ivey as the new head coach. So what are your thoughts on, on both? Yeah, I mean, I, I was surprised, as I told you when I was talking with you uh, before we, we came on, on air. And, uh, you know, I was surprised because I wasn't sure that that was happening this year. I mean, obviously it would happen in the next few years. But, but yeah, I mean, I think Neil will do a great job. And, um, you know, I think if anyone was going to take over that program, she was the most obvious choice. And um, I think her experience in the NBA will give her a different perspective. Um, but it was pretty obvious that's where she always wanted to be. So um, I think, it, and, and I think it's also good when, you know, you can hand it over to a former player um, or have former players involved in your staff. I mean, I, I just think that, you know, if you've been in their shoes, that the student athletes can really um, connect with you and on, on a different level. So I think she'll do a tremendous job there. Do you have, did, did Coach McGraw have any influence on you as in coaching? Because she's really been an advocate for women coaching and, you know, all of the women in leadership roles. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, when I was growing up and, and started coaching overseas, honestly, we didn't have much access to, um, you know, women's college basketball at all. Um, and I don't want to make myself sound old, but we, we really didn't, you know, I mean, I think it was, you know, even just watching basketball on TV, it was always the NBA. We never got, we barely got access to, you know, men's college basketball over there. Um, and it's changed a little bit now with streaming services, et cetera. But at that time, you know, it was basically the NBA that you were watching. Um, but I was obviously following things on my end, particularly when I was trying to help players from overseas get recruited over here. Um, and the one thing that always stood out for me was how strong she advocated for women, and particularly women's coaches. Um, and I think in the last few years, she's been a little bit more outspoken about that. And uh, I mean, I, I think for me, she's just carried herself with such poise 
you know, I, and I respect her so much for that because, um, you know, everything she does, she tries to do things the right way. And, um, you know, she's definitely been a tremendous advocate for the women's game and for women in general and um, will be missed, I'm sure. But I, but I also think, you know, it is going to be a great replacement for her in that position. A few days ago, uh, I mean, not, not much time has passed, but any more indication of any information you can share about a coming season, <laughs> starting or scheduling or anything like that? No. <laughs> Short <laughs> answer, no. Um, I mean, it's just so hard to, to predict what's going to happen. You know, I had a WBCA call Monday, and, um, you know, there's just, there's just so much uncertainty for everybody. But, I mean, I, we were all talking as if things were going to be normal, you know, for our, for our playing season. But, um, I mean, the biggest impact right now is obviously July recruiting and whether or not that will happen, which it looks unlikely it will. Um, but, you know, things haven't officially been cancelled yet. So, um, you know, from a, from a playing season standpoint, you know, we hope that... Uh, we will be able to bring our players back to campus in the fall and, and get going. But, you know, one thing that did come up on that call, which is interesting, is that different areas of the country are at different stages. And so where we may be, you know, better off as such here in Texas, there are some areas that are not. So when we start to open up a little bit and we're, we start thinking, you know, we want to try and get official visits on campus in the fall, there may be some schools in August that still aren't open or can't do that. And so then there become implications, you know, nationally through the NCAA. Well, you know, will official visits be permitted in some areas and not others because there's a disadvantage for some schools? Um, so there was a little bit of conversation about that and, and just how we move forward with um, different areas being closed, um, you know, to basketball activities, which include recruiting. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's just so uncertain right now. I think that's why it's so important for us coaches to stay plugged in, you know, and, and be aware of what's going on and, um, and be connected to the WBCA and the NCAA and make sure we stay up to date with everything um, so that we can make sure we're informed and we're informing our players and our staff um, on a daily basis because things are changing pretty rapidly. Coach, thank you very much, as always, for taking time to speak with me. Donna Finney, head coach of Houston Baptist Women's Basketball. Is there anything you want to toss out there that I, we haven't talked about? I uh, don't think so. Nope. And, but if you do, then of course, you, you know, we can always do this again because I will continue asking you to uh, talk to me for interview. So, cause you're good at it. <laughs> so thank oh, you very thanks. much. <laughs> <laughs> thanks Chris. You have a good day. You too. Take care coach. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.